0: Hello baseball fans and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 19th day of October 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin. And just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal, where Ryan Garko played his uh, college years, blah, 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 blah. Hey, uh, the Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. They just clinched the pennant against the Toronto Blue Jays. Some kid with <laughs> named Ryan Merritt kept the game scoreless into the fifth inning, did exactly what he was supposed to do. The bullpen did the rest. 3-0 final, Indians are in, and I know someone who's incredibly happy, and the comedian Bill Sindelar. Bill Sindelar, I've known for many years now, and is the single biggest Cleveland fan that I know, and he is a diehard Indians, Browns, and Cavaliers fan and has been so well before it was cool, and it seems to be cool now. I got on the phone with him yesterday, after the Indians lost that game to Toronto, and I wanted to get his thoughts and take the temperature of his thoughts about Cleveland, being a Cleveland sports fan all these years, and what it turned out to be were two old friends just chatting away and going down some different avenues and occasionally a bad word was said. So, you know, if you're a young kid, cover yours from time to time. Here is Cleveland's superfan and wonderful comedian who I knew from my days on the Bonnie Hunt show, Bill
1: Sindelar. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, working in our industry, uh, there's so many transplants in the entertainment industry. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about this. In one corner, I have my Atlanta guy and you know we're all diehards, so it's not right. like oh he likes Atlanta and likes the, you know likes the Braves and then likes you know the the Rams or the Lakers. Like we're all diehards, so it's like I got the Lakers guy in the corner. Or, I mean the um the Atlanta guy in the corner, the LA guy on the other side, the Boston person. I've got my next my Mets Jets guy down below. I'm mm-hmm. on Cleveland. You know it, it, we have this huge. You know uh, one of our hosts is all Chicago. The other one is Denver. And uh, you're just sitting here, like, it's just such a mishmash. And it's fun because we get to cram-talk each other. But then when one of our teams actually does well, like our Mets guy last year, you know, it's like we were all excited for him and everything. And it's interesting with Cleveland, I think because they've been kicked down so much. And now they have this chance. And you look at the Indians as, like, they're just, like, a a real team. Like, yesterday's Mm -hmm. game showed why they're where they're at. You know, oh, the, you yesterday yesterday was surreal that you first surreal. of all you, you, the, the shortest it's the, I saw something that they said on ESPN it's the first time a team has won a postseason game not recording five yeah without recording anyone recording more than five outs yeah. but you know after the Cavs came back 3-1 I booked my flight to Chicago just in case Chicago wins yeah. and I'm getting my hotel but you know, I'm also not counting the Dodgers out, but, you know, I mean, it would really be crazy if the Dodgers won. But the truth is, it would be so Cleveland to go up 3-0 and then lose 4-3. So right, I'm but, being but, very but, optimistic. Yeah, here, here's what I... Here's actually... You're getting right to something I want to talk about because people... I want I want everyone here to know. Bill is no bandwagon fan. This I am is no a bandwagon guy, Posted on Facebook, the beginning of the Indian season, got his Indian gear on, going crazy. Beginning of the Brown season, wearing his jersey, everything. Beginning of it. And this is not when things were going well, either. Okay? So listen, listen, I still wore a fucking man. Can I say fucking swear or, you know. Oh, you I'm can kidding. do it. You can say whatever the fuck you want. So. I fucking wore a Manziel jersey for two years. That's yeah. how much I was trying to believe to put out good vibes on that. Dude, what I was going to say is is that uh, the 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 plight of Cleveland always fascinated me as a outsider because, like for example, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Right. Yeah. I grew up with the torment of being, you know, this, that, that, and the other thing. But I had the Celtics. The Celtics would win. You know, we we didn't. We, I mean, we didn't have crap. We had like no, a I MISL know. indoor soccer team that would win. <laughs> <laughs> that, like? A thousand people would go to, and you're like, "Yay!" Like, yeah. <laughs> no parade there. Uh, no, God, no. You know, Bonnie is a Cubs fan, and she's the the pain of a Cubs fan. But she had the Bears won a Super Bowl. The, the oh yeah, Super Bowl Bull, titles. Oh yeah, Blackhawks, all those titles. So you know, but with Cleveland, I, I have what's called the rule of seven, and the rule of seven is that you don't
0: really start following a team. Until you're around seven years old,
1: and so when you consider it was 1964 that they had their last title before, obviously before this this spring. Yeah, yeah, the problem. That means anyone born after 1957 has no real concrete memory of having one of their teams win. No, and that's why the Indians in the 90s were such a humongous deal. Uh, and yeah, and even the Browns, kind of in the '80s, but right. that's why those Indians in the '90s. And I'm sure you know. Obviously, we're going to be talking about baseball. We'll we'll right. talk about the, that era. But that's why it was so. I mean, selling out over 360 games in a row for baseball, yep. like I you was know. There, I went to a game in '95. I went to I went to the mistake by the Lake in '93, and I went to a game at Jacobs Field in '95, and it was night and day. I mean, there was tumbleweed blowing around old Cleveland Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, And the game we went to, it was, it, the place was electric in 95. Oh, Bayerga and Manny Ramirez those, those and Albert teams, Bell. 95, 96, 97. My friend and I were just discussing the 97 team. Yeah. But if you look at those teams from 95, 96, 97, like, yeah. you know, we, we, whatever, we can talk here, we can talk whatever, we, we just, just put all that aside. Yeah. Those guys, Jim Tomey was the number eight hitter. I know. Jim Toney was number eight, and you look at that, and you're like, because it was like you had Albert Bell and Ramirez, and you had Bayerga, and you had Kenny Lofton, and you had Eddie Murray. And yeah. you're looking at these guys, and you're just like, I mean, that team could have been, like, you know, uh, you know, we're recording this in the Indians. Uh, the Indians just lost uh, game four against Toronto. And, you know, this team is a little different. Like, they're a team. Right. That, that, those teams in 95, 96, 97, being down 5-1, to one, those guys, each person would have come up and hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Or they would never. They, I think they had something like 29 wins, you know, in the last at-bat that year. They, they were freaking magic, that, those teams. And, uh, you know, the Browns had left. You know, yep. the whole city was in a state of depression. The Indians hadn't won anything since '48. You know, yep. they, they weren't even relevant. They were relevant maybe in the 70s. Yeah. They had one good year in the 80s where they had a winning record, and then Sports Illustrated picked them to win the pennant the next year. And, and then they, they had fell the flat in the, in the league. Yeah. <laughs> and then Joe Carter left, and Joe Carter went to Toronto and hit game-winning home runs in the bottom of the ninth for <laughs> <Yep>. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> you know, that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I said, that, but, but going to those old the old stadiums just to, to talk about that real quick. It was like those '90s teams. You know, we we, we had a stadium that sat eighty thousand people, and oh. they would average like eight to ten thousand a game. And yeah. even if they had forty thousand people, it still looked empty. So, like those '90s. The 90s, just to have this new shiny stadium, they put up they, brand new uniforms. You have these people that are hitting bombs, and they're winning these games, and the excitement and the energy. I mean, you know, I, I was at two games last week in Cleveland for the first yeah. two games against Toronto, and boy, it was like the 90s in that place. It was oh, just great. But uh, what, what I was, I was going to say two things here. But, um, I, I, I Listeners of my podcast will know I've brought this up before, but... The Cleveland was so it was so much of a given that Cleveland was never going to win that they couldn't even win the World Series in the Major League movies. Uh, like, even even in the movies when they had voodoo, you know, they could have uh, a Dennis pursuing doing you know Joku, you know that's fine. But winning the World Series, that's stretching it a bit. Let's, let's not have a deal. I mean, market. look, they had them they had them win the pennant and that's where yeah. it ended. And then yeah. maybe two came out and then they hadn't won. And the fun the funny thing is uh um you know, they made when Kipnis was going through his thing this year, they brought in and had a Joe Boo and they put it in <laughs> his locker to help him break the curse. These well, like, this team is so is such a fun team. Like they even yeah. said Francona yesterday, when Francona went to the mound when uh, what's his name's finger was bleeding, he yeah. walked to the mound and they were looking at it. And on the scoreboard, it flashed tonight's fifty-fifty raffle is worth eighty-eight thousand dollars. And he just looked over at um, Napoli and he's like, "Hey, we should try to get on that before they figure out who wins it." And meanwhile, you know, <laughs> his pitcher's <was> bleeding. <laughs> I love. And you're Madonna. like. It's that it's that mentality, though, that I feel like makes it so loose and you know, like man, those Blue Jays—they're not even fun to watch because they're well. I'm some whatever. This isn't meant to bash on people, but boy, they're just a bunch of like a holes. I'm like, I wouldn't even want to play with our con- with uh with uh what's his name and Carcian. It was like what a what a what a bully. Anyway, whatever. Wait, wait, let it out. Let it out. This is a, this is no. a safe place. Oh, um, I do know. But Major League though, I will tell you that I know every single line back and forth in that movie <laughs> because when we grew up, my friend had a laser disc player. And oh, wow. we would go home and we would watch that movie every day. Literally every day. Because that was, that was our, our win. And we, we watched that. We, gosh, we, we, you know, I saw those guys. Actually, the guy's house who I go, who I went to, he's now a batting coach for the Indians. He's up in oh, the really? major leagues now. Yeah, he was the quarterback when I was in high school. He was, um, he was, uh, I was nice. in center. He was the quarterback. His name's Jim Rickon. He actually okay. was the, he was a catcher for the Indians. And as mm-hmm. he was coming up, they were like, listen, you're never going to be a catcher because Victor Martinez and Carlos Santana were in the system. Right. So they're like, you're really good at coaching and you're good at hitting. You know, do you want to be a coach? And so he's worked his way all the way up and Francona loves him. Right. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, it's just funny that we used to sit in his parents' house and watch these games or watch this movie, <laughs> and now he's living the dream that we all had growing up. So it was, wow. it was cool. I want to get a sense of what the mood is in Cleveland post-Cavaliers. Because oh, well, after, yeah, after shit. four with the Red Sox, there's that sense of we could win now. It's possible now. And and having that listed, what is that like now? It's interesting because I just read a tweet from uh, a sports writer, and the sports writer had said, you know, because the Indians had, had lost the game, and somebody had said, you know, the comment was, I'm not going to quote it, know it complete, but the quote was something like, you know, thanks for jinxing us today because the, the sportscaster said we were going to win. He's like, now we're going to end up losing, you know, four in a row and, you know, whatever. This p- person tweeted, blah, 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 blah. And the sports the sports, uh, the, the sportscaster from Cleveland sent a message back and said, uh, maybe you have uh, forgotten, but that curse was lifted in June. They're so, like we're a different city now, and and it's really you know it's it, it, it's, it's when I was downtown the other day it was freaking electric down there. Not only yeah. because the Indians were in the playoffs, but like, I mean, oh my gosh, the I mean, you know, they had one point three million people downtown at the parade. They, you know, my brother at his job, they gave them off. They're like, go home and watch the parade, or go down to the parade. The, the thing with Cleveland is it's definitely still a. Uh, you know it's a football town that place is a football town and but the Browns have stunk it up now for so long right that everybody's kind of they're starting to turn it's I never thought it would happen you know but they're starting to turn and even me this year this is the first year but I'm at the point now where I actually don't even care about the NFL and I and it's partly because of the Cavs and LeBron and you know, yeah. watching them and the Indians. But the truth is I'm so sick of the NFL and not knowing what is a penalty, what is a, what is a, you know, what what a catch is. And the, and, and you're going to laugh when I say this, but Johnny Manziel started to make me hate football. Because <laughs> <laughs> and here's why, though, dude. It's because I got sick. Listen, I can't even imagine what it was like to be a player or coach. I got sick of getting asked about Manziel. And yeah. I knew, like, I would literally be on stage at The Voice. So, uh, P- Paul and I met because he, worked, he was a producer on the Bonnie Hunt show. Uh, yeah. Bonnie Hunt's a humongous Cubs fan. Uh, I'm the warm up guy. So, my job is I, I'm the one that gets you ready for the show. I'm like the comedian that'll, you know, get you warmed up and ready, and I'll and tell you're you when to clap back. So you are great at it. it. You are no, at I'm a. It. Stop. It is a skill. It is a skill. I've seen very good comedians try to do it. And they think oh, I'm going to do my act I'm going to do this. No, it is a skill to get well, the audience going, and you did well, it day you. in and sometimes twice a day when we did those shows. Sometimes you did do taping. and you sometimes twice it a day. Absolutely, no, man, thank you. Well, it, it, and it's funny because you know I'm working on the the voices, one of the shows I'm working on right now. Yeah. And my director, my director is a is a Rangers fan and uh-huh. a diehard, yeah, and it, right, and a diehard Cowboys fan. And, um, you know, I, I mean, last season, like, literally, I would be on stage warming up, and our audience there is about a 1,000. So I'm getting right. ready to warm up a crowd for, of a 1,000 people that pulls in, you know, 15 million people a night. And mm-hmm. in my ear, the director, because I have wear earpiece, so the booth will tell me when we're coming back from commercial breaks and all that stuff. And in my ear, the director even was mocking me and it was like, <laughs> wow. Did you see what Johnny Manziel did this week? <laughs> and, and I'm uh, out there trying uh, to, like, get a crowd ready for a show. Uh, and, like, it was oh the fucking work. But life is different now. Life is different now. <laughs> no, life is, listen, we're a city of champions now. Everything is on schedule. The Cavs won the finals. The Indians will hopefully go to the World Series. And the Browns are going to get the first pick in the draft. It's going yeah. according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say, I just, I am, obviously, I'm a huge Francona fan. I think this Indians team is so likable. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Lindor. I think Lindor is oh, dude, the guy is money. He is just he, money. He, and the combination of Kitness and Lindor, I just love watching them play. I think it's a great double play combination. Uh, and I mean, I like. There's just a bunch of guys. I mean, there's a couple of former Red Sox it, like Crisp and Napoli and, and Miller. Yeah. As well, like anytime you see a former Red Sox, but I just. You know, the Indians, they're going to win one of these games. I'm, I'm not cursing crap here. No, no, no. I, Listen, no one is, even though you can never say never again, I will go back, no one's ever blown a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. But, yeah. you know, no one's ever come back from, like, 3-0. They're uh, like uh, Game uh, 7. Uh, wait a second, one team did. Yeah, but it was, like, in 1913. No, No, it was like the back. Red Sox in 2004, managed by Gary oh, right. Kona Yeah, managed against two. The Yankees. No. Yes. Was it the Yankees? Yankees? What do you mean, no? You're talking about the greatest moment of my life? No, no, no. My All right, so what was the, so so that was the year, okay, so then we must have been beating you guys 2-0, and you right. came back and won 3-2, and then you, and then you went on. Okay, so that's, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's, right. so that's what I was going with it, because I was All like, right. oh, no, wait, it was us. No, no, it wasn't you. Like a, again, it sounds like a Cleveland thing from the past. But it's no longer a Cle- this is this is the thing that, you know, I remember the the year after the Red Sox won the World Series. For me, anytime
0: something bad started happening, I started, oh, this happened, always happens. Wait a minute.
1: I can't say that anymore. It's like yeah. it's like a wait it's the the next generation of Cleveland kids like a seven year old kid now is like What do you mean? It's great being a Cleveland fan. My team wins the NBA Finals. My other team's going to the World Series. Yeah, it's bullshit. These kids don't know what we've been through. (laughs) Exactly. I even said, I said to somebody today, because they're like, what an amazing year to be a Cleveland sports fan. I'm like, you know what? If, if, if the Indians can win the World Series and the Cavs win the NBA Finals and I never see anything again, it's been the best sports year of my life and I'll take that over the previous 40 some years of, of, of what, what we were, what we've been through. I had tickets to Game 7 that didn't go. And yeah. people were like, I can't believe you didn't go. The truth is, Oakland Raider fans also equal Golden State Warrior fans <laughs> and San Francisco Giants fans. They're, no, they're awful. Remember you were talking about at the beginning of this about Die Hard and yeah. how I'm not a Die Hard? So, you know, I used to be the announcer in the arena for the Cavs. And, and the, the funny thing that. is... Yeah. And the funny thing is... Um, that, that when I was at the game, I actually got to go to game one, not this year, but the year before. Right. Um, I, I got to go and I sat with all the, the like the GM and everything of the Cavs, yeah. uh, the GM, like his assistants and stuff. Because I had a friend who worked for the Cavs, got me tickets. Long story. And literally, I had a twelve-year-old turn around. And start talking shit to me and telling me, oh, your jersey looks new. Oh, trying to call me a bandwagon. And I oh. and I literally got into this 13-year-old's face. And I'm arguing with this <laughs> this horrible 13-year-old. I'm like, of all people, you should not be mocking me for what I have been through. I'm like, you, you little 13-year-old crap with your stupid Clay Thompson and your Stephen Curry. I'm like, you not even... I, I even said to him, I'm like, name one other player. Name one other player from before... Before this generation, I'm like you can't even name Chris Mullen, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is what sports does. You want you were cursing out a 13 year old, and I'm like, I'm, yep, I oh, oh, yep, I get that. Yep, I get that little get crap. P. Oh, I was. I wanted to. Oh, and he was with his grandkids. And then my friend turned to me and she's like, "Remember, you're representing the Cavs." So I shut up because yeah. I literally was sitting there with Cavs people, but. Uh, But yeah, man, those Golden State Warriors fans, they were awful. But so I had tickets to Game 7 this year, and it was that moment of, do I go by myself? I mean, truly, this is where I was at as a crossroads. I'm like, and I hate to, like, I'm going to give you the, oh, Cleveland again. I'm like, do I literally go, fly up to Oakland by myself, sit in these seats, and if the Cavs lose this game, I might not make it home because I might jump off a bridge. And uh so I literally stayed home and it was it was at, it was amazing because as soon as the clock like literally as soon as the clock hit 0 my mom called me. And mm-hmm. you know it's like I I got calls and messages from so many people because everyone was so happy for me because they knew how I feel about, you know, how I am about the the uh, my sports and these guys. So it was really, it was really, uh, it was it was probably better that I didn't even go, just so I got to experience all my friends and people calling me when they won. Well, let me ask you something. I'm not trying to jump the gun here, but
0: yeah. if, it wind, if it
1: winds up being Cubs-Indians, yes. are, are you going to give Bonnie a call? Uh, I already, I literally, um, before you called, I was on, uh, I was talking to Chase Rewards, And I'm Uh booking my flight to Chicago because the (laughs) World (laughs) Series games will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Chicago, and I always wanted to go to Wrigley. And Bonnie Bonnie sent me a message last night and was like, I hope it's Cubs-Indians. My mom would love to see you. Uh, Right. And, you know, of course I'm going to go. So, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think – you know, if it was Cubs-Indians, I wouldn't even care if the Indians didn't win because I get it as a, as a, as a sports fan. Like, stop that. I would stop be stop happy that. Root no, no, no. for the hold Indians. On, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. But hold on. I'm saying, if, if I lo- I, I, listen, I, I'm, where I'm going with this is, I would rather lose to the Cubs if, if it ended up being that way. Than the fucking Dodgers, but so I would really love to not have to fly to Chicago. I would love to just drive two miles <laughs> over to the <Chavez> ravine. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. You never know. You never know. All right, man. Hey, look, it. I really wanted to get you on. First of all, just good to hear your voice again.
0: But, no, same uh, to you, man.
1: Uh, thanks for being on the show, man. And uh, all right, man. All right. Thanks, man. Good luck all with right. everything. Talk all right, to you. You, Man. Bye.
0: Thanks, Bill, and I hope you're happy the, they're in the World Series. And, you know, if it turns out to be Indians-Dodgers, it'll be a much easier commute for you. But either way, the tribe is in, and Bill is super happy. Uh, go to nlbreports.com to see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Backer and Patrick Kalisky. In this Cleveland-centric podcast, along with my old friend, Bill, this is your pal, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.